Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Fast Break YouTube channel. I'm your host for this evening, Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice. Uh, I'd like to welcome in our colleague, friend, and co-host, Cho Soro, and a special guest, Mr. Jose Chris LeBron, by way of Queens, New York, in here talking about the New York Knicks. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Good evening. it. No problem. So, Jose, last time we saw the Knicks... They were in a hard-fought series against the Miami Heat. Came up a little short. Uh, off an impressive first-round win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, mind you. Um, you know, a, a weird offseason, I thought. Um, but you know what? They kept a steady hand. Uh, I really love the uh, Dante DiVincenzo signing. Um, they've re-signed Josh Hart. He's going to be there long-term. And uh, obviously, you got uh, the Brunson burner. So they've reunited the Villanova trio once again. Um, I'm thinking the Knicks will surprise a lot of people this year. What do you think, Jose? I think, uh, first of all, it was a definitely, I didn't expect the season to go the way you know it, it went. You know, I thought definitely improvement, but not. You know, to, to the, you know, not to what happened. Like, I did did not expect that at all. But, uh, you know, it was a great season. Brunson definitely played above his, you know, above what I thought. And I thought he would definitely bring stability to the point guard position, which I've been screaming at for years now. Um, he it, it definitely, the expectations were, you know, for him to come in and, you know, be solid at the point guard, but not almost all NBA. You know, he probably should have been an all-star, you know, level type of point guard play. So that was you know, that, that was good to see. And obviously Randall and all that, but yeah, it was, it was a good season, obviously disappointing the way it ended, you know, cause we, the way we played Miami during the regular season, I thought that was going, you know, in a seven game series, we were able, we were going to be able to dominate the, the boards and all that. And, and because they, you know, they don't have a lot of scoring, we were able to you know stop them, but that wasn't the case. And we couldn't shoot, couldn't shoot the three ball. Randall was, you know, he hurt his, his ankle really, you know, really it wasn't healthy at all. So we didn't really get the full, you know, to see what he was able to, could be able to do. So it was disappointing, but still, you know, if I want, you know, that's disappointing, but on the other side, it's like, you know, we got to second round. We won a playoff series the first time since 2013, you know, we don't have a lot of playoff series win in the last 20 plus years. So, you know, to get, to get a playoff series win and to feel some type of, you know, uh, confidence going into this season is uh, it, it, it feels good as a fan. I think there's a lot of optimism going around in New York City, which we haven't had in, in a while. So that, that that feels good. Absolutely, Chris. You, you guys should feel good. And um, you know what? I'm really surprised at Tibbs as well. I mean, he's really uh, changed with the times. There was there was a time period where he was still stuck in his ways in Minnesota. And I thought that whole Jimmy situation might have just just cooked his kitchen up and nobody would take a look at him again but he's really changed with the times he let i think it's almost as like a reluctant pop kind of philosophy like 
I don't really like the three-point shot, and I don't like, you know, not playing my guys like 40, 42 minutes, but that's just the way it is. And that's just the way people are saying the game needs to be played. So he's adjusted. So my question to you guys is, are you what's the uh, meter scale for the confidence with Tibbs right now and where he can take the Knicks? Within the fan base, or do you just feel it? The fan base, I think it's they're very uh, up and down with Mister with Tom Thibodeau. Um, there's they, there's times where they we like where they like him, and then there's a lot of times where they're like, what the, what is this guy doing? Why is he not playing this guy? Especially Obi Toppin's you know prime example number one. Like his minutes, the fluctuation, you know, it, it was kind of just all over the place. So, but. You know, I do feel like this is a make-or-break year for him. I think this is a make-or-break season for him. And if he doesn't, if he if we if he doesn't take us to that next level, I I, I definitely see that this could be it. You know, he is, you know, he is an older coach, and he is still, you know, has his ways and all that. And as we see, as the NBA continues to grow and the, going through that. You know, a lot of teams going through with those young coaches and all that and, and different philosophies. You know, um, if, if this team if this team takes a step back, I, I could definitely see a place where, you know, Tibbs is, is – is, this is it for him. So he has improved a lot with a lot of his ways and all that. You know, the minutes still – things are still a thing. But, you know, you play your best players. You know, I, I never was really that mad about that situation. And I know a lot of – Bulls fans are still can't forgive him, you know, uh, and understandably, but um, he plays his best players and all, and he has his ways. And, you know, he, he, a lot of people could get mad at him, but if it wasn't for him, we'd still be, you know, he's the reason why we're relevant, you know, and a lot of fans want to, I don't think fans want to go back to how it was before that when we were losing 60 games and not even getting a top, the number one pick and all that. So he's definitely changed you know, the identity of this team, um, whether he's going to be here for the next few years, I don't know, you know, but um, I, I appreciate what he's done to help build respectability in this franchise. We were, we were a laughing stock. I mean, we were a laughing stock. You guys know that the Knicks were a punchline. It, it wasn't fun. So he's brings the, he brings stability to this franchise. Now it's a matter of, can he, you know, cause he's kind of, he, we know he could build teams. We've seen it before. You know, he did it with Minnesota, even though, you know, they had their struggles and, uh, Chicago, we've seen that, but can he take a team to that next step? That's we'll we'll see what happens this year. So uh, gonna be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have uh, Chris LeBron with us, the host of Off the Ball, and uh, you have a really cool guest next week, brother Ian Eagle. That's uh, that's really cool. He's actually one of my favorite broadcasters um, out here on the East Coast. We get the the Yes Network, so mm-hmm. I get to listen to him. It's really good. I think his uh, son's got a lot of potential too, but I digress. Um, uh, we're also here with Joe Soro. Joe, uh, do you have any questions for uh, Chris? Yes, there's there's been some talk today. There's been a lot of Nick dis- uh, info today, surprisingly. Obviously, the whole James Harden thing is the obvious attention getter with a possible request of a trade that uh, Joel Embiid might be making, but one that that came just a few hours ago was some discussions with the Grizzlies. Now, normally the internet will throw some BS out there, and and just and you can tell by the by the monikers who they are. Like if it's something like off the printer something, you're like that's just a tabloid <laughs> site that just tries to get clicks. But this is from Sports Illustrated. Uh, talking about possibly looking at somebody like Steven Adams out of Memphis to come to the Knicks. Now he's not the second star you need, but the question I have for you is, is this team, I know there's a lot of Villanova players on there that have a winning pedigree, but is this team really dedicated to having a roster with, Jalen Brunson being the one and then a bunch of really good guys that are going to accept their roles and do what needs to get done. Does do the, do the Knicks contingency see that as an advancement in the East? 
that's that's something I've been thinking about for a while too. Is like, and I just mentioned before, like what we were before is you know you never want to go back to that. And it's good to where we're at. We're we're an improved basketball team. It's you know you know you're gonna get you know every night you're gonna get you know you're gonna they're gonna fight and all that, but. Every team's expectation should try to 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 compete for a championship, right? And I I feel like right now with this team, with Brunson, yeah, he, he exceeded expectation and all that. But Randall is the biggest thing, right? He's improved, right? To he's second, this is the second time making All NBA, so that's good. But we've seen what he done in the playoffs, and yeah, he was he was hurt, so you know you can give him a little bit of excuse. But second straight playoffs where he's not have you know i think he was like 19 points is you know uh and the last one against atlanta he was like 17 points per game and then 38 percent shooting and all that low splits and all that same thing with this you know in this playoffs so and the way leon has kind of been going and worldwide west and all that like you know they they haven't shown the 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 reluctancy to to pull the trigger on deals Right, we've seen it with Donovan Mitchell, and you keep you keep hearing that they're interested in player A, player B, player C, but they're they're not willing to pull the trigger. And one thing I got frustrated with was constantly here, we're interested in this player, interested in that player, and then nothing happened. So, and then so all next year they're going to be interested in the next crop of guys, and then the next it's like I'm tired of it always being next year. You know, it's just like, when is it, when are we going to pull the trigger? When are we, you know, we feel like we got a, a, a great piece in Brunson, right? So who are we going to pair with Brunson to take that next step? Because I feel like we can do stuff in the East. Like we, I felt like we could have made the Eastern Conference Finals last year had we had a couple different pieces, you know, but I feel like the, you know, then they made improvements. The team is going to be better. We're going to be that fourth, fifth seed, and that's cool. But I feel like there's a cap. We're a four-fifth seed right now, as as this roster is currently constructed, and this is, it's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty, ex, it's a pretty expensive team to be a four-fifth seed second-round team. You know, you know Brunson, we just paid. Julius Randle just got a contract. RJ just got paid. You just played Josh Hart, Vincenzo, Mitchell Robinson. You know, IQ IQ's going to get paid this offseason. IQ is about you know is up for a deal. That's why they traded Obi Toppin because they weren't going to be able to afford him. You know, so eventually it's like yeah you gotta you gotta take a chance you gotta take a chance you know and, and see what happens and you but you know i know you don't just do it just to do it and i know in new york there's a lot of you guys lakers fan you know the pressure right you know that, that you know the pressure and all that and we're in the same boat you know obviously we don't got the accolades you guys have but there's a lot of pressure to, to you know to make moves and get the star we got to get the right star so you know but eventually it's going to be like well you don't have all these years to, to find to try to find that star. You gotta you gotta figure out something, you know. Uh, so that's just my I'm, thing. I I like that we're a competitive team, but it's also like okay, we have all the resources. We got all the picks, you know. We, we got we got some some solid contracts that teams would want. You know, we got you know Fournier has it as a as an expiring contract. Teams would love that. Okay, let let's let's do something. So and just it feels like they've just been reluctant. Leon's been reluctant to pull the trigger. So. So what's the problem? Is it draft capital that they can't muster up? Are they having issues setting up a third team to get the assets needed to get what they need done? Because the the current roster, you know, Jalen Brunson's obviously exceeded exceeded expectations in terms of him being a a one on a team mm-hmm. that's winning, right? I I think we we I I'll, I can admit that maybe a number one, but then the question is, is he a number one? Is he truly a number one? And when you're a, a number one, is he going to be the guy that can do what Jimmy Butler has done the last few years, where it's he just puts the team on his back and goes and goes forward? The problem, though, is Jimmy Butler can't do it by himself in Miami. He's never really had a second guy there. So are are the Knicks trying to put together a team like Miami, a team of guys that kind of can rough and tough it? And then when they get to the promised land, which is the NBA Finals, are they going to be able to compete with the stronger team in the in the in the West? Looking at their roster, Julius Randle 
is is the Rudy Gobert of power forwards. He's great in the regular season. I should say this because it be it sounds it would sound more self inflicting. They're the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's the Los Angeles Dodgers of power forwards, as in he's great in the regular season, but when the playoffs start, certain teams can really, really clamp onto him and also get into his head, and that kind of flow, you know, throws him off, throws him off his game. Now, I never looked at Julius Randle as the missing link on a title team. I'd say if you wanted to go real on Julius Randle, he's probably a really good third guy on a title team. Uh, R.J. Barrett, you guys just signed Josh Hart to a four-year, $81 million extension. I I think Josh Hart is a perfect role player that is on almost every championship team. But paying him $20 million a year, is that really what you really wanted to do? So you're talking about – I'm glad you brought up World Wide West because I've been – it's kind of like in that you're in that mode of like, well, the Knicks really stunk for a long time, and at least they're competing now. So do you really crap on the current regime? You can't really do that because they're they're trying mm-hmm. to get there. But as far yeah. as why they can't get or why they won't go forward with an acquisition that could help their team, I think it comes down to the fact that they just cannot get that star that they want, which would be a Joel Embiid. I, with all due respect to Donovan Mitchell, I think that would be a little too redundant with Jalen Brunson on the team. I think in the end, that was probably the right deal unless they sent out Jalen Brunson. But then again, you're doing a lateral movement at that point. It doesn't really matter. Might as well stick with the guy you have. So the Knicks at this point, from my observation, and if Thibodeau is still being looked at, I find it hilarious that you tell me that, by the way, Tom Thibodeau, is every well maybe it used to be i know a lot of things have changed in society these days but you would think a guy like tom thibodeau would be someone that everyone in new york would love right these are the old big east he's like a big east he's like a big east coach that got teleported to 2023 why the hell would new york ever not want tom thibodeau to coach their team so it's it's funny how people do this but then the talk goes the, the other way Mm-hmm. When it when it matters, I mean, come on, let's yeah, let's it, be real here, right? <laughs> it's a love hate relationship with a lot of fans with Coach Tibbs. I, I'm I'm one to to uh, to be on with, especially with coaching. Uh, you know, you're, coaching you're you're as good as your players are, right? And I think that's big. You know, um, I think sometimes we, we we try to always fire coaches and all that, but sometimes you got to just look at the players. And see, you know, if they're not getting it done or they're getting it done and, and put the put the emphasis on that. But yeah, it's a low-hate relationship with Coach Tibbs here. And you know, I also think as far as like with New York in general, I think a lot of players, especially the way the team is covered, and also I think James Dolan is a huge factor in this too. Why we it's hard to get stars here. The coverage of the team is you know, the, the press, they'll get on you. They'll get on you hard. And, you know, Melo tried it. And, you know, thought we thought with Melo it was going in the right direction after especially 2013. And then it just it just took a nosedive and all that. But it, it's tough to – I mean, you guys know. You guys, you guys, L.A. fans, it's, you know, you're playing in these big markets. There's a lot of expectations. Now, you guys are actually – you know, you guys actually have championships. So, you know, you, you – it's different for you guys, but for us, you know, we haven't won a championship since 1973. It's been a long time. So this, this, the fan base is clamoring for him, but you know, like I said, not a lot of success in the last, you know, two playoff series wins since we went to the finals in 99 and all that. So it's just, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, I'm one who believes that you have to, you have to go through the draft in order to, to to get that star i feel like you you got to be able to go through the draft we haven't had success drafting either you know it, it's been you know richard robinson's the first person first draft pick i think we re-signed and since like charlie ward or something it was something to that like it's been crazy how we don't but it, it's tough but you know it, whether you know the donovan mitchell stuff i think that was a lot to do with you know worldwide west and and you know i don't know if you remember when 
uh, they attended the Dallas game in the playoffs um, against Utah, and they didn't like that Utah. And I think Utah kind of uh, put that against New York and just asked for the house, and the Knicks were like, oh, you can't give us – give you everything and all that. And then they wound up shipping off to Cleveland. But, yeah, it's it just – I you think know, you can say. I think you can say Danny Ainge might have irritated somebody like Wes. Wes is. Uh, I, I don't have a direct connect with Wes, but I do have a friend who is an acquaintance of his, mm-hmm. and I could see that meeting with Danny Ainge and Wes, and Danny Ainge being a the <laughs> the, <laughs> the pain in the neck, if you, if you will, yeah. the pain in the neck in that in that discussion, and then Wes going. At this guy, <laughs> said he, he thought he was a Nick. He said, I, I, I forgot what podcast he was on, but he was like, Yeah, whatever night it was, I went to sleep thinking I'm going to be going back home, I'm going to be a New York Nick. And then whatever happened, happened, and he wound up going to Cleveland. And you know, we wound up, you know, just going, you know, the way we went. But it's you know, for, for the Knicks, it's just. If they're gonna pull the trigger, you know who's that guy? Are they waiting for one of these older stars? Like you keep hearing, like Paul George and all. Are they gonna wait for this next, like the, like these next crop of guys that maybe a little be a little, you know, uh, upset with their situation, you know, and try to go after one of these young guys? I I, I don't know, but I know how they're currently constructed right now. There's a cap. And I think it's the second round. Maybe they can, you know, surprise upon it and get to a conference finals. But I think that's the cap. And that's it, cool. That's cool because, like I said, we, we've been pretty bad. <laughs> you guys know we've been pretty trash for a while. But, you know, it, you want more, right? Who doesn't want more, right? You're not usually be satisfied with just getting to the second round. It's like, all right, well, how do we go from being a second-round team to getting to the conference finals and getting to a championship and winning a championship? And – Right now, as constructed, I think, and we got to see how Brunson does year two. Now we got a whole year of Brunson as the guy, right? Because he was with Luca and all that, and then year one, like people weren't expected. Now you got a whole year of Brunson. How is Brunson going to be able to handle that now that teams are going to be able to center on him and all that? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So uh, there's, there's like two two feelings right now with me. Like there's like okay. I feel good, but then the other side is like, oh, I don't know. I, this could be bad. Like, same feeling I had when we made the playoffs in 2020. And then next year, I was telling people, like, this could, this, we could have a bad year. And we had a bad year, and I was right. So I try not to be too pessimistic, but it's, I'm a Knicks fan, so it's kind of natural. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
with Chris LeBron here of Off the Ball Network. Please check out his podcast. So here's my uh, here's my theory, man. I've been a I've been a hooper for well over thirty three years, brother. And I think here's what I think. So Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson both have two years left on their deal. They could both opt out. They both kill it this year. They're definitely opting out. There's no question about it. So for me, if I'm a Knicks fan and I'm thinking about what Wes might do, in 25-26, that's when you got to make the move, brother. Like Because I think with Brunson playing the way he is, that's a stud. And to answer Joe's questions, I think he's like a 1B. I think he could be like a Pau Gasol. I just think there's there's a, a level above him, and it has nothing to do with Jalen's skills. The skills are off the charts. Just the size. That's all. That's the he's only thing on this cat and back. He can't guard anyone. So yeah, yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm yeah. You. I think he's he's a very good second option, but you have to find the number one option. You know, that's right. how you win championships. You know, I you think and yeah, and Joe was talking about Embiid. I that that seems like a perfect fit, and we all know that. Uh, the past three years, um, you know, if if for all the casuals out there, Embiid has has been been having a wanting eye towards New York for a while now. So, my feeling is that I think Daryl Morey and Worldwide West could be brothers, Chris. I, I think they could be brothers. So, if that were the case, right, it's more than likely like somebody like R.J. Barrett's out the door, right? Because if you're if you're bringing in Joel, you gotta you gotta dip from uh, from that surplus of guards. Because I'm yeah. not personally, you, they probably want Josh Hart too, and I wouldn't want to give up Josh Hart as well. Like I need I need I need perimeter defense around an older Joel Embiid at this point. So I'm gonna try and hold on to as many perimeter defenders as I can. But the Knicks also have an ace in the hole. It's the Mavs. At any point in time, if Luca breaks a leg and knock on wood, don't wish that on anybody, but injuries happen. If that happens, the Mavs season could go sideways, Chris, and that then that means there's a whole new um, setup for the Knicks to take advantage of that. So, I mean, a lot of this is circumstance, but do you feel that the Knicks have the, the onions to make that kind of move? They they just have I haven't seen them do it yet, so that that that's the one part of me that's like I haven't seen them do it, so I don't know, I don't know. I mean, this is what we were presented when you know we got you know everybody in the front office that you know they have all these connections to this player, that player, you know, and we just haven't seen it yet. Now, I don't know if it's just they're just waiting for that guy, but like the continuous thing waiting, you know, you can't wait too long. We can't wait too long, but uh, you know, Joel has definitely been someone that's you know, we've been hearing and everything going on in Philly. It's been a disaster, you know. Um, um, but the one thing that we were is his body is break breaking down. It, it's, it's breaking down, and, and is it a matter of it's gonna break down next year or in two years, three years? It's, it's gonna happen, and it's just gonna and he's just gonna you know it, it's gonna be a a fall, you know, and then he's just gonna be another guy in the league. So. That's the one thing that worries me about Joel, but you know, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if they're, they're going to make the pull the trigger because they've had a couple deals where they could have and they haven't. You know, they've been really close to the chest on their picks and not giving up some of the younger pieces. But you know, eventually you you have to take a you, you got to swing for the fences. You guys, you guys did it with Anthony Davis, right? And you has got a nice, really good, young, ten times better young core than we had, and you pulled the trigger. And guess what? You came out with a with a, with a world championship, so it, it worked for you guys. So, Chris, you, know. you need one thing. See, the difference between the Lakers and the Knicks is that players of Anthony Davis's magnitude are demanding to go to LA. LA, exactly. No one is demanding to go to New York. That's the problem, and it might be a James Dolan issue, because the reason why James Dolan brought in. Worldwide is to bring in that, hey, we feel comfortable with these guys versus that owner that's been kicking out Nick legends like 
Charles Oakley and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the problem with a lot of these teams that are supposed to be winning, like the Knicks, like Boston, let's say, right? Boston, what's been their issue for years is that they don't make anyone comfortable over there. They were blaming it on Danny Ainge, and then it turns out that it wasn't Danny Ainge. It's the culture over there. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you need to – this is a business, and you need to, you know, it's next, the, the, the Celtics have to trade somebody to get a score in, and they did that. Unfortunately, they have to sacrifice – and they're one part of their image, which is, you know, that's that's just what they had to do. They almost they almost got it, you know. Thumbs up to the to the Clippers for screwing that up. By the way, I'll never support the Clippers in anything except they did help a little bit there. Uh, but there is that issue. No one wants to play for the Knicks, and that yeah. has to change. If that changes somehow, then you'd probably have a better chance at getting a player like Joel Embiid, which. He's the first guy other than maybe I like Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think Donovan Mitchell's an MVP ever. Damian Lillard, I don't know if he's ever said anything, but a Dame Lillard, the Dame Lillard won't want to go to Miami, so obviously we can't put him there. But if Joel Embiid info is legit, I don't know if it's legit that he wants these he would like to play in New York, that would be the first step because if he demands to go to New York. You damn well better believe that deal's gonna happen. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. And I that's what you need. And I, I know the draft would be ideal, but you have to be Powerball one billion dollar lucky, like those damn Texans down in San Antonio three times to get the right first overall pick. Could you imagine if you guys had gotten Zion? What would have happened to Zion in New York? Ooh, he might have weighed 500 pounds in New York. And he would have been. But anyways, uh, I, I think that's the first step, honestly. Otherwise, I see the Knicks kind of treading water as much as they can. And I'm, 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 I'm giving them props because they have improved. They did go get somebody and they got him. And he's been a big part of their kind of resurgence here. But they need that one star that it's a legit one. And if it is somebody like Embiid, and you're right about his, his injury thing, that's going to pop in a minute, by the way. But you think you have a couple more years until that happens. Yeah. No, you, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, we hear players love to play at the Garden, but you never hear a lot of players saying they want to Yeah, because to they can leave. See, they can so leave. Yeah. the analogy <laughs> I use is everybody loves their nieces and, and nephews, but they get to go home. I was about to say so, the same, you know, now. Right. When you go to New York, yeah. When you go to New York, it's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go to New York. I want to play there. But if you've got to deal with the New York media, then you're like, peace out. I don't want to deal with this stuff. I think that's a major thing, too, is dealing with the media. Like I said, when you go there as a, as a, as a visitor, you, you know, everybody, you know, getting a New York in, like, you know, spurts is, you know, that's good. Everybody loves that. But to be there you know, 41 home games a year and all that and dealing with the media, like, you know, um, it it could be a lot. And I, I think that's why like Kevin Durant didn't come here. I think he didn't want to deal with that. And that's why he wanted to be in New York. He just didn't want to deal with the New York media and and New York media is the Knicks media. It's not Brooklyn Nets. Let's be real. Mm. They're not, they're not going to be as scrutinized as the Knicks, you know? And I think a lot of players don't want to deal with that because it's a lot. It is a lot to handle, and it's all in your face, and it's hard to avoid too. Some you hear a lot of players say, "Oh, I don't." Re-. In New York, that's it's impossible. It's literally impossible. So I think that's a big thing too. Is the media how the media is structured in New York? I think a lot of players don't want to deal with that. And I yeah. think that's a major thing. They just don't want to deal with that's just too much, and it can in in, in all our sports, in football, baseball, like this. Some guys. We've seen players go to the Yankees that were good pitchers, player hitters, and all that, and they're like a shell themselves. Then they leave, and they're they're back to being solid players or whatever. And the same thing in New York is just it could chew you up, and sometimes you can't recover, you know. And like I said, it's being in New York could be good in spurts, in spurts, but 
it's it's just a matter of a one person like Melo, like, hey, I want to be a New York Nick. Amari Stoudemire, I want to be a New York Nick. Now, unfortunately, with Stoudemire, his knees got busted and that was it. And that's kind of a fear with like Embiid because we experienced it with Amari. Is like, yeah, you want to be here, but like how how long before those knees just just erode and now we got a shell and so now we got a Mars. Now we got you on the books for four years and you know, it's, you know, and you're not playing. So Why didn't LeBron go to New York. That that's always been the thing. I, I just think Dole, the Dolan thing. I think was it was Dolan. Dolan. I think it's Dolan. I think um, but see the, the, what the, see the jackknife for my brain, Chris, is that when you look at the Rangers, they've made Stanley cups under the ownership mm-hmm. of James Dolan. So kind of jackknifes me that you know you can get out of the way in one organization and see them get to the pinnacle and almost the apex right just all mm-hmm. the, the rangers have been right there a couple yeah. times but he won't step out of the way when it comes to the knicks for some reason that's that's a bugaboo with, with and i've it, never it's understood just, because it's the knicks it's 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 just to think about it we're worth more than you guys yeah, hundred percent. We have two playoff series wins since since two thousands went to the finals, and we are we are the number one grossing franchise. It's just because it's it's just a bigger like the Rangers location, location, location. Yeah, brother, like, it's New York. Yeah, it's just New York, and like basketball is just bigger than hockey, so like it's just gonna have more eyeballs on it than than the Rangers are. Where he could just let it be and this whatever, let it run, and he. He probably doesn't know. He doesn't know as much hockey. Doesn't know bas- not that he knows a lot about basketball, but he's just in the eye of basketball warriors and hockey. It's just, you know, it's just because it's New York and it's the Knicks and it's Madison Square Garden. It's the Mecca. It's all this. It's just it, everything's going to be. And then the stuff that's happened with the Knicks, not even on the court, off the court, with Charles Oak, like Charles Oakley stuff, and and, and with Spike Lee. You know, it's just especially with the, the with the Oakley stuff. That's like. You know, and then just with everything going on, like there's just guys, and and I feel like with LeBron, the LeBron twice, like it, it could have been he could have been like Kevin Durant, like they, they one of those guys should have been a Nick. It, it just it just makes too much sense. But whatever happened in 2010 with LeBron not going there, and whatever the the Knicks fumbling to that, and then especially in 2019 with Kevin Durant, I, I could that was the most locked situation. I was like, yeah, we're going through this miserable season. But we're gonna come out of it with Kevin Durant, That's and I'm like, we're gonna, and then we have we're gonna have a high pick. We could trade that pick to get someone else. It was like, okay, we have to go through. You know, you got we got to we got to go through the bad to experience the good, and then everything just went bad, <laughs> and we I didn't experience any good. So it's just like, and uh, again, my yeah. theory, Chris, on that on that brother, like I'm with you. I thought for sure. I was like. I'm like 97% sure KD's going to the Knicks. No, I was I was 100%. I was 100%. I wasn't 100%, but yeah. There was but, people that I, sources trusted that like, he's he's coming to New York. They just, yeah, maybe they were just like saying, solid, he, was, he did come to New York, yeah. just not to the Knicks. No. He just went to, you know, he went to play for Brooklyn. So so here's my just, theory on that. I think, that. I, I think Kyrie got in his ear and was like, I can't handle New York media. I don't think KD yeah. was was in any way intimidated I, by it at all, yeah. but I think Kyrie got in his ear and it's like, no, brother, let's go to Brooklyn. I think I think KD wanted the Knicks. Kyrie wanted Brooklyn. Neither wanted to go there by themselves. And the Knicks just went through a terrible season, bad management. Brooklyn, remember, they had D'Angelo Ross. They, they, they struggled to start season, but then D'Angelo Ross started hooping. They make the playoffs. KD's like, well, we could change, we could try to flip the city, which is we're never gonna, even if they won Kansas, they would never happen. But we could just we could go and play in New York. We just don't have to deal with the, the media like the Knicks do. Oh, let's just do that. And I think that's what happened. Because I believe thousand million one hundred percentage that KD was coming to the Knicks. And the Knicks got in their own way. And Kyrie wanting to be in Brooklyn. Was like, all right, well, let's go to, let's play in New York. We'll just go play in Brooklyn, and I, I'll always believe that's the case. But I, th- I think the Knicks are in the right direction. I feel like hopefully they can change that. Where, like we said, like we guys mentioned, like where that that top free agent, whoever that is, coming up is like, I'm going to New York. 
who's coming with me? You know, because it's it just doesn't make sense how in forever amount of years the Knicks are never able to get that that guy, that guy, and it's just it, it really is crazy. But um, hopefully they could change it. You know, it, it's it's better than it was before before pre twenty twenty. So, um, but you know, uh, it's still we still got a long ways to go. Hundred percent here with Clash LeBron from Off the Ball Podcast, and uh, also here with my co-host Joe Sore and Joe. Any questions for Chris? So the question is: Is there a pro? Is there? I have a couple questions actually. One that's Nick related, and one that's New York related. If if New York loses in the first round this year, or is is Thibodeau out? Uh, it would it would depend how they lose, but I I, I think anything less than you know, that second round is, is, uh, I think he's going to be gone. I just think eventually, I think he wears out people and it could be the case here where, and management could be trying to find that next good young head coach. As we see, that's, so that's the trend is getting those, those young head coaches in their mid thirties and all that to have these innovative offenses and all that. And if they, if the offense continues to be an issue, you know, um, the pace, you know, because the pace of play has always been, you know, in the bottom tier of the league. And if the three-point shooting continues to struggle and the lack of ball movement, you know, it seems like it's just it's Julius Randle, ISO on the box, you know, on the post or, or uh, on the top of the key or or, uh, or or Brunson just doing what he does, pick and roll or, or just trying to do everything himself. Eventually, it's just going to be stagnant and then nothing's going to happen. So. And that's if why the offense doesn't move in and all that. I could definitely see a change in them trying to get. And, and that's that's what ends up killing them in the playoffs because they can't time. run ISO without spreading the floor, right? I mean, that's ultimately what what needs to happen here. That's, that's uh, why we lost to Miami. That's why they're because how how they played against Miami in the regular season, especially they played Miami towards the end of the regular season, and I and I watched that game a bunch of times because I was like, all right, whatever happened early in the season, you can't really whatever. But that last game at the Garden, I was like, okay, they, they could beat them. They could beat Miami and all that. And they, none of none of the, what they did in that game to contain Jimmy and all that worked. And then the shooting was off and just everything was just out of whack. And then obviously Randall hurt, being hurt. But they, the offensive, the lack of movement, the lack of pace, you know, um, it, it's it, if it's the same or worse, Eventually, the, and especially if they lose in the first round, anything anything short of the second round, yeah, I could definitely see them being like, okay, you know, maybe they give Johnny Bryan a shot, their assistant, or, or maybe they look somewhere else and revamp the whole coaching staff and all that and try a new philosophy because, you know, um, the offense needs – it's this very – it got very stagnant and relying on Brunson to save us against Miami, it just, it just wasn't it, – it's not going to work again. You're not going to be able to do that against Boston, Milwaukee, and, and the Heat. You know, you're going to be a first-round exit, you know, type of team, right? So, so things got to change. But you know, if they lose in the first round, depending how they lose, it, it does. If they get swept, then yeah, he's gone. <laughs> but if it's a seven, I don't know. If it's a seven-game series, maybe it all depends. It all depends. But I think anything short of getting back to the second round, I think he's, uh, uh, I think he's gone. But this is, this is a major year for him. So looking at Brooklyn, the Knicks, would you say that the Yankees are the Knicks and Brooklyn are the Mets in terms of media pressure? So when you look at the Mets, not – well, actually, they've been playing well this last week or so, but would you say that it's the pressures this, like like Brooklyn with the Mets? I wouldn't even say – They're not winning? I think Brooklyn's on the bottom of the – like the pressure, they have no pressure. I don't, Why didn't they bring them to Brooklyn? Why didn't they just leave them in New Jersey? They want to – you know, New York, we, have, we need two of everything, so we needed another team. I think they're probably better off staying in Jersey because there's literally – there was no pressure. You play in Jersey. Like everybody loved them when they were in Jersey. Even Knicks fans, we they like – They just hey, drafted Kobe Bryant. They'd still be yeah. in Jersey. They'd have a yeah. mausoleum right now. Going to take Kerry Kittles instead, you know. Um, I, I'm so telling I, you, man. I, I know that that I think Calipari. This is my theory. I think Calipari didn't throw anyone under the bus. Calipari wanted Kobe, and he got vote vetoed from management and ownership for that. I I I, I have a very good feeling that's what happened. He yep. wanted Kobe, yep. and Kobe yep. said, and here's what scared him. Kobe said, "I'm going to Duke 
if you draft me, which was he admitted it was pure garbage. Like he would have played in New Jersey. And why wouldn't he? It's 20 minutes from Philly. Imagine Colby in New Jersey. He would have been you want to he's a god in LA. As a matter of fact, I've said numerous times he's the biggest star in LA. The only one that you can argue, honestly, is mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, right? But I think Colby had a little bit of a, a connection that was just different in LA in terms of his personality. Magic was beautiful and elegant and amazing and just everything you want in positiveness where LA has a lot of ruggedness and Kobe has like a, a dark side that they really attached themselves to. He said numerous times, he goes, I can go into Baskin Robbins or Orange County and get an ice cream. I'll sign a few autographs. I'll do some, you know, baby holding and all that. But he goes, I step one foot out, out in LA. I'm, I'm <laughs> but he goes wacko. Right. So Looking on that, and I, I've always used the Knicks and Jersey as a what if area, right? Because just because it's New York. What if he goes to New Jersey? How different would the landscape be in New Jersey and in that area in general? And the other one was, and I haven't talked about this a lot, and one of these days we're going to do a show on it. If you teleported, because the 90s, I know Jordan was astronomically better than everybody, and that's probably why it was like this. But I always said, I go, how different or how badass would the 90s have been if Kobe was playing the two spot on the Knicks during the 90s? Could you imagine? For sure, Jordan wouldn't have six championships. Somewhat, two or at least a couple of those would have went the Knicks way, right? So I, I don't know why I thought of this. One day I was sitting having drinks with my Laker friends. And we were talking about New York and this because I was I was at the last game. I just happened to have a movie uh, festival I was at in New York. Had a chance to go see Brooklyn at Barkley. Uh, or Barkley, is that how you call it? Barkley? Yeah. yeah. Happened to watch. I, I was just by sheer luck, Lakers were in town that weekend. I said, oh, shoot, I'm getting tickets to go to uh, the Brooklyn game and I'm going to try to scalp some tickets to the Knicks game because I could everything was sold out. This is before he made his announcement. Obviously, if he had made his announcement before that game, it would have probably cost me two grand. But <laughs> I got lucky. He called it like maybe a couple weeks later. So I'm in New York, and I was able to get tickets to the Brooklyn game, watched it. I, I thought Brooklyn, the, the, the look in Brooklyn was like Staples Center East, but better because it was black. I love to wear black. I'm, I like black. And... Then I go to New York and I get in about three or four minutes in because finally I was able to find someone to give me a ticket at a price I wanted. Finally got in there. Unfortunately, the Kobe couldn't finish finish the game off to, to win the game. I think he had a last second shot that he missed. But um, but just the atmosphere in New York. I mean, you can't really replace Madison Square Garden. There's too much aura in there from all the boxing matches and all the amazing games that have happened in there. Um, and, and that's that's the part where where I'm like, man, imagine if, and it becomes kind of a really cool discussion. Um, and that's that's what I have on that. Yeah. Like, what if Steph is, gets, you know, one more pick away? Like, you know, um, there's a lot of what ifs with the Knicks and all that. You know, what if oh, we had just... My God, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. I was watching that day. I was watching that day. I don't know why a lot of people don't talk about this. The Knicks were going to get him. No, he was a Knicks. It was, it was guaranteed. And when Golden State picked him, <laughs> and they got Jordan Hill. I didn't know much about Jordan Hill, but oh my God, Jordan Hill for the for my whole life, as long as I'm alive, will always be that moment. Not the Laker moment. Forget about that. It's like, oh, my God, you went from Steph Curry to Jordan Hill. It was almost like you said, just auto auto pick. Like I, I, that, and that's exactly how it felt like. like Because we're like, all right, this is going to – maybe this is going to happen. All right? And we're getting close, and obviously the Minnesota passes on him twice. They take two point guards not, not named Steph Curry, and it's like, it's going to happen. And then because the Warriors had Monte Ellis, it's like, all right, they don't need Steph. We're going to get Steph Curry. Obviously, doesn't go the way you know um, as expected, and we just 
we like you said auto pick we're like at this point who cares just take whoever doesn't matter See, and this is where this is where the Knicks messed up and this is my next part uh I'm so glad by the way when I found out you were coming on I was very very excited because I I don't get a chance to talk to Knicks guys ever <laughs> here no one knows Jack squat over here about anything Knicks or New York basketball nothing right I'm an anomaly out here that cares about <laughs> this stuff right so I'm sitting there I'm going why the hell did they not call Minnesota did they really like you can't take a risk on that one? Why did they not call Minnesota? They had two picks in the top ten. Just do something to make sure you get that guy. Even that guy, just his shooting enough before he anything that happened was it but, was a guarantee. You know what? Well, you know what? Knowing how the Knicks were ran, they would have probably traded him. They probably would have traded him. They probably I mean, would have gave up on him after his ankle problems. The Warriors though. almost traded him. You know, they almost gave up on him. I think the the Knicks would have gave up on him after the first few years and the ankle stuff. They might have got so. There's a part of me that's like, ah, we were one pick away. But also a part of me is like, what if we had traded him and he becomes Steph Curry in freaking wherever in in New Jersey or wherever? You know, what if he's a star and we traded, you know, a a a four time champion away somewhere? You know, so. this part of me is like, you know what? I'm glad that that's just like, it, it didn't happen. We didn't get the chance to mess it up because we would have messed it up, honestly. So I'm actually, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm not, you know what? The way it went was the way it's supposed to go. And, you know, we just got to do, we got to try to find our Steph Curry somewhere else. But, you know, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I, I But he was going to be a Nick too. Like he he wanted to go there. Him and Dan Tony would have been absolutely, that would have been match made in heaven. You know, he might have been the first. He might have been the first guy since is it David Thompson, uh, Sean, to win the scoring title and the assist title. Yes. Oh no, no, that was uh, that was uh, uh, Nate, Nate Archibald. Nate Archibald. Archibald. Sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I've been watching. uh, No, no, it's all good. David Thompson. I heard David Thompson from the from the show last week, and my brain went there for some reason. Kys Joe. Kys. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. We're here with Chris LeBron from Off the Ball. Chris, it's just been a great conversation. So, And uh, look, before we head on out, uh, two quick questions. Uh, part A is, like you were saying, Brunson needs some help defensively. So the Knicks have the following defenders to put beside them. Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart. Pretty strong core there. The, mm-hmm. Those are four really good perimeter defenders. Plus, you got IQ coming off the bench, right? So, Philly is not going to be a top three seed this year, Chris. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So, are you optimistic 
that if the Knicks play a little bit above their head and above expectations that they could slide into that three? Because I think myself, Joe, I think a lot of people would kind of see them as you do, like the four or five slot. That's where they're they're kind of going to end up being. Do you think they could st- uh, squeak into a third spot by surprising folks? I think they could, but it also depends with R.J. Barrett because uh, right now he he's our he's our third option, right? I think we if if Julius Randle's healthy, you're going to get what Julius we, we've seen from Julius Randle, right? He's going to give you 25 and 10. Um, that's com- it's been in regular season, right? I feel comfortable he's going to give you that 20, 23 to 25 points per game, 10 rebounds a game. He's going to give you that. I'm confident Brunson's going to play close to what he played last year. Maybe not to that high, that high, but he's going to play damn near, you know, all NBA, you know, third team, all star ish kind of bad basketball. But RJ Barrett is the X factor. If RJ Barrett could, because the ups and downs of him last, and then what disappointed with me him last year was his defense. His defense took a hit, you know. Where I'm not saying he was a great defender, but he was solid. It just felt like last year he he just he definitely regressed defensively, and you know um, that's something that was really disappointing. And then you know he played there was always solid in the playoffs, but just just too many ups and downs with him. And I don't know if that's because they brought in Brunson and and he didn't get that many shots and all that, but. He's gonna definitely need to step up and and you know take the reins as that third guy and be more consistent, especially on the perimeter and all that. So um, can they? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Sixers are regressing. The even Miami, like if they don't get Dame, Miami, like yeah, I mean, we still believe that they're still, you know, can do it, but you know, they can't keep they 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 lost, they lost some pieces and all that, and you know, eventually you can't keep thinking just because it's you're the Miami Heat, you get older and all that. It, it, it may, you know, the whatever happened last year, the magical run, you, they, they can get bounced in the first round and get swept. Like, you know, so, you know, like how it happened when they're in the bubble and the next year, Milwaukee punched them in the mouth and swept them or, or damn near swept them. So can it happen? Yeah, it, it could. If, if RJ takes the progressions, if, if Quentin Grimes takes that next step, I feel like there's so much potential in Quentin Grimes. You know, there, there's a lot of little. There's a lot of Allen Houston in his game, um, but he just it's a matter of getting that opportunity and all that. You know, so you know it's the things you know health too is 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 going to be crucial and all that. So yeah, I think they could. I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, um, you know they need things to go their way. RJ needs to take a step forward. You know, Quentin Grimes to take a step and all that. So they and, might uh, if if Tom. If- Tom Thibodeau doesn't work. They might have to start calling Jay Wright. I, you know what? Wow. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny, Chris, you bringing up Alan Houston. I think he's the first dude to ever put emojis on his sneakers. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, H2O. I'm I'm pretty sure he was the first one to do it. And obviously he had the onions for it because he could shoot the lights out. Yeah. Wow, that that's going back. That's really cool. But yeah. our second second question, Chris. Look, we are keep it real in this podcast, brother. We don't sugarcoat things for ourselves or for our audience. So we want to hear what you have to think about the Lakers. Your unabashed balls to bone opinion. How do you see the Lakers doing this year, Chris? Before the trade, I I I didn't get what what the roster construction was before you guys. I was like, I don't know what, what is this? What's going on? Like you guys just like, I didn't know what, how they thought that that roster construction was going to do anything. And as you saw, you didn't do anything. Then you make the trade. And I was, I, you guys wound up going to the Western conference finals. I think, I think I wouldn't be surprised if those guys go to the NBA finals. I, I really, I think this is LeBron's. This is this, this is his last true go, I believe. And, He's he's going to get everything out of AD and all that. I feel like AD is going to have a little bit of chip on the shoulder, you know, and all that. And, you know, you guys got some good pieces and all that. You know, Austin Reeves finding him and, and getting him back for what you got him for is that's a steal. You know, he probably could. He's probably a hundred million dollar player and you got him for half the price and all that. Bringing back D-Lo. I know people complain about D-Lo, but it is what it is. That the way the money's going, that's. $20 million is not what $20 million used to be. Like that's, 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 that's not, that's nothing and all that. And um, so I, I like what you guys do. I think like Denver might regress a little bit so that I can get you over that hump and all that, you know? Um, so I, I think 
you know, there's a lot of teams out West that just, just a lot of uncertain, the team that plays in the same building, you, they could win the championship or they can make, miss the playoffs. Like it, it's just like the, they the can miss the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, and then they got their uncertainty, Paul George resigning Kawhi and all that, you know, it's but yeah, I think I like what you guys are doing. LeBron's not a typical thirty-nine-year-old because you know he's just the he's a he's a cyborg, you know. And I feel like he's gonna go all in to get five to get that fifth ring and all that, and to, and to to really solidify his legacy as a Laker because it's it's one thing to get one championship, but you get multiple as a Laker. Now you're in a different stratosphere. You're in a different bracket now. Like we know what he, the all-time score and all that, but it's what you do in a Laker uniform. You got one ring, you need we need a little more, you know, because you know we, I know how you Lakers fans, you, it's Kobe, Kobe, and all that, you know. And if he gets another one, I think like even Lakers fans would be like, all right, all right, LeBron, we, we we finally get that that a stamp of approval, you know. You get to sit at the table, yeah. You, you get finally get a seat at the table, table. yeah. Right? You, you get to sit with Magic, yeah, you get yeah. To sit with Kobe, you know, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because you know people with the bubble, and I think the the bubble ring, like people discrediting, is the biggest load of crap in the world. Like that ring is hard. That was a no home court advantage, no nothing. Like that that was a tough ring to get. So like if LeBron's able to get uh, a, a a real ring, that solidifies him, and and you know, um, and that puts you and you guys are tired with the, the Celtics, right? Celtics. Yeah. That's right. That's and right. To me, if you can get more rings than the Boston Celtics, that's a beautiful thing. It's you know, I think the Knicks would would uh, Knicks fans would uh, have a beer on the Lakers if oh, they got yeah, one more than the Celtics. We don't want Boston having sure. anything. We don't want Boston having any being the leader of anything. So if you guys could get ahead of them, because oh, I'm so tired of them and all and all their sport, because you know they have been winning. So mm-hmm. you know, and they're throwing in our faces, and especially New York. But if you can get ahead of them, you know, at least. You don't got to hear them as much, but it's, you know, yeah, I think you guys are going to be, you guys are going to be good. I think LeBron's, he's on a mission and all that. And to get that fifth ring and all that. And you guys, Anthony Davis, re-upping Anthony Davis is good. Austin Reed's bringing him back, bringing back a lot of good pieces to a team. I mean, you know, um, and like I said, Denver's going to regress. The Clippers are, I'm over the Clippers and all, and all that mess and all that. And this feels like a lot of disarray out West. And all that. So you guys are in the Memphis. We don't know. It's go- Jaws going to be missing what twenty five games and all that. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, what you guys did to them even when Jaws was there. You guys took it to them. You know, they showed them. You know, and they got a, a lot of good up and coming young teams. But those teams are like a couple years away from being a factor. So I think you guys are in prime position to to get to the finals. I think this could this this could be the year for you guys to get back there. So yeah, I think you guys are in good shape. Appreciate your honest assessment, brother. And before before we head on out and uh, let you let you plug the show, are you a football fan, Chris? Oh yeah. Who's your team? I'm a Giants fan. Your Giants fan. Okay. All right. So how do you feel about the Giants now in the East? Because that schedule is tough. I mean, we start off with a bang Sunday night football against Dallas at home, you know. So that's going to be tough. But another team like. Just like my Knicks, we we had some down years before after that Super Bowl. So, you know, Brian Dable's come in and and, and Joe Shane they they've come in and they 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 cleaned out house. Whatever the bad things happened with the previous regime with Mister Gettleman, got rid of all, a lot of those guys and all that, and revamped this team pretty quick, pretty quick, a quick turnaround. And I feel confident. I like what's going on in camp. You know, with this team, you know, they resolved kind of resolved the Saquon situation and all that. You know. Gave him some money up front for at least one more year, so at least we'll have him back. He was our best player. Daniel Jones seems like he's getting better and better. You know, he finally had consistency at the coaching position. You know, so he, he he's going to be – we got some weapons. You know, defense seems like it's improved. We drafted a cornerback, you know, uh, Banks out of Maryland. I I feel op- a lot of optimism. That, you know, just like with the Knicks, you know, a lot more optimism, optimism than it was in previous years when it was just an absolute dumpster fire and all that, but – I feel good about them this year. With tough division, we got the Eagles. You know, um, I think they're the cream of the crop in, in the NFC East. Um, but I think we're Cowboys and the whatever that Washington, whatever Washington's called now. I don't know what their names. The Commanders, Command. Hopefully, Magic can fix that. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Magic can fix they, that. I think they might go back to the old name 
and all that. I think that's definitely. Good. I think they're gonna go back to their name for some reason. Man, that would be nice. It would really be. But, um, I can't. I I keep saying Redskins. Yeah, it's just that because look, the football team. You know, I think they're just gonna go back to the. They find a way to get back because it's just Commanders is there. Yeah, yeah, you're right, brother. That division yeah. is gonna be interesting. It's, I'll say that that the Eagles lost seven starters, and that's tough. That's yeah. really tough and, to replace. And Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to take a little bit of regression because I, I, last year was just a magical season. I think he take a little bit of a hit. And uh, But let know, me tell you something, man. As a Raiders fan, if he stays healthy, you guys will love Darren Waller. He is a freak. And oh, Daniel Jones Daniel beast. Jones desperately needed a tight end in the red zone last year because the Giants had a little bit of problems in the red zone. In the middle uh, that, of the year, our worst enemy for the last yeah. 10 years. So I think I think that was a great pickup by uh, Dayball. I think the third round pick. Yeah, I think I think you guys are in prime position to make the playoffs again, Chris. So I hope so. I hope so. So before we head on out, brother, uh, shameless plug time. Go ahead, Chris. By all means. First of all, thank you guys for having me on. This is a lot of fun. You know, uh, so appreciate you guys. You guys do some some dope work and all that. Um, so thanks again for having me on. But you can follow me at uh, Off the Ball Pod on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. So you can follow me there. Um, also, I'm on Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Off the Ball Network. That's my network too. So you can follow us there, OTB underscore Network on Twitter. Also, follow me on my podcast on all podcast platforms. You know, I've had a lot of cool people on the show. Former NBA players, I have Kenny Anderson, Charlie Ward. I've had a lot of cool people on the show, you know. Uh, and then like this week, I, uh, this Sunday, I got Ian Eagle coming on, so that's that's really cool. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't done a show in like in a month or so. New job, crazy busy, but uh, I have found some time. So you know, gonna get Ian on to to to. Uh, get Where do you live? Back. Where do you live, Chris? I'm in I'm in Staten Island, New York. Okay, so it's a little yeah. easier to uh, commute in Staten Island, right? Oh yeah, a little because it's you know it's separated essentially from the other four you know big you know boroughs and all that. We it's just our own little island and all that. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's when, quiet. When, are you, when do you think? When do you think you'll be doing the show primarily? How far are you from that? You think? What the show? was as far as what? This so, my you, you said you said you you got you had work the last oh, month. I do I do a lot like remote like you guys do. I do a lot. I don't, I haven't done a lot of like in-person shows and all that. I have a lot of it's just like how you, you we do it at now, you know. So try to find time on the weekends to do it. You know, um right now with the, the new with the work schedule now, but uh going to get right back ramped up and and get some some uh, really cool guests in the next uh few weeks and all that. But starting off with Iron Eagle, starting off with a bang and all that, so that's cool. But uh yeah, you can follow the podcast on all podcast platforms. Off the Ball Network uh, is the YouTube channel and all that. We can find a lot of the content. We got football, a lot of football stuff coming on there. You know, um, do, I think we got a Raiders. Do I got a Raiders fan? I might have a Raiders. Yeah, I got a Raiders guy, I think. So check what it about out. Jets fans? Jets fans? I don't have a Jets fans a lot uh, with my network. Do we have a Rogers, Rogers might not make it through the first game. Yeah. Let's be honest. That offensive line is a little shaky, man. Oh, man. Least. Oh, my God. He happy with them. He's having second thoughts, I think, when he sees he Scott Milano coming up the middle. He's going to have to, you know, use the, use that, that arm of his. A, little quick, a lot of quick passes and all that. But, uh, yeah. You got it, brother. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys for having me on. I'm always active on Twitter. so we, Chris, you gotta, we had to have you on the two games before the two games we play the Knicks. Hit me up, and we'll make it happen. Hopefully, you know, we, we can do a lot more stuff together. You know, you guys do great work, so I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Likewise, Chris. Thank you for coming on, brother. And salute. The, the audience is clapping loudly for you, brother, so thank you. Appreciate this was it. not only informative, but entertaining as well. So that one pod. I'm the host, Sean Grace, a.k.a. Magic Man. My co-host, Joe Soro. Our special guest, Chris LeBron. Have a good evening, everybody.